You're listening to Speaking of Racism, the podcast dedicated to frank, honest, and respectful discussions about race and racism in the U.S. I'm your host, Jen Kinney. Pull up a chair and let's talk. Special thanks to Grapes for the music. The song is I Don't Know featuring Jay Lang. Today on the show, I have Tina Strawn. She's an anti-racism educator and a social justice activist. We are doing a bit of an emergency podcast. We're going to put this in between a bunch of other podcasts because we want to bring this information to you as soon as possible. We're going to be talking today about the case of Rodney Reed, who is scheduled for execution on November 20th of 2019. But before we get into that, we want to talk a little bit about racism in the criminal justice system and the ways the death penalty is racially biased and unfairly applied to black and brown people. So Tina, welcome to the show. I wish we weren't talking about this today, but it is an important topic. I feel the same way. It's unfortunate that we have to interrupt regularly scheduled programming for this emergency call to action for our listeners. But at the same time, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to share this with everyone. Because if people are listening to a podcast called Speaking of Racism, then I assume people want to make connections with how racism shows up in our everyday lives. And in particular, in this case, with regards to a Black man that is sitting on death row and has been sitting on death row for over 20 years and is scheduled to be killed and executed by the state of Texas in a a few weeks if we don't do something to stop it. So I just want to back up a little bit and make reference to the title or the term of an anti-racism educator and a social justice activist and advocate. What I mean when I say things like that is that it's important to me and what I do in my work as my passion and what I consider to be my calling is educate people about different aspects of the criminal justice system, the legal process, as well as anti-racism. And not only educate people about that, but also to talk about how we take action and how we get involved. So I'm hoping that after today's podcast, people will have more information about the way that the criminal justice system works specifically with regards to the death penalty and some things that they can do to learn more and get involved. So with that said, I want to talk about the fact that the reality is our criminal justice system really works like a criminal injustice system. And in particular, when that comes to black and brown people and poor people. So I'm going to give you a fact from the Equal Justice Initiative. And that fact is that punitive practices disproportionately target and impact communities of color where more than half of the people on death row in this country are people of color. To go a little deeper into these statistics, I'm going to quote something from the HBO documentary called True Justice, which is about Brian Stevenson's fight for equality. And that quote is this. Our modern day system of executions, which descended from lynching, is defined by poverty, bias, and error. Death sentences are disproportionately meted out to African Americans accused of crimes against white victims. 
African-Americans make up fewer than 13% of the nation's population, and yet 42% of over 2,700 people that are currently on death row, and 34% of those executed since 1976. The victim was white in over 75% of the cases resulting in execution since 1976, although only 50% of murder victims nationwide are white. The chief prosecutors in death penalty states are overwhelmingly white, and there's only about 1% that are African-American. So the connections that we are making is that lynching has not stopped. It has evolved into what we now know as the death penalty. And the death penalty is just a legal lynching. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want to talk about today. And that's why we want to talk about and bring attention to Rodney Reed and do what we can to fight to save his life. So can you tell us how you came across this case and, and just tell us about your involvement in the case? Absolutely. I heard about the case for the first time on social media, on a Facebook post, That was when I first learned about Rodney Reed. I then started to dig in deeper and I started to follow the Facebook page, Rodney Reed, Innocent on Texas Death Row. I started to look through many of the links. Several videos were posted and available for us to learn about the facts of the case. After that, I I feel like it was a few weeks later as I started to share the things that I was learning on my pages. I was contacted by a local organization called Dallas Citizens for Change, and they let me know that they were doing a upcoming rally to spread the word and to create visibility for Rodney Reed and his case. And I was asked to speak at that, and it kind of has gone from there. Since then, I have spoken with Rodney's brother and sister-in-law, Roderick and Juana, And have continued to follow the case very closely and share information, make phone calls and reaching out to the various people who are in positions of power to request that Rodney Reed be granted a new trial or granted a stay of execution or really just do anything to bring attention to the fact that Rodney Reed is innocent. Okay. So can you tell us, for those listening who have not even heard of Rodney Reed or this case, can you give us the history on this story? Absolutely. Rodney Reed is an innocent black man who has been sitting on Texas death row since 1998 for the murder of Stacy Stites in 1996. Stacy Stites is a white woman who was engaged to Bastrop police officer Jimmy Fennell. The the facts of this case are incredibly compelling when you look at the way that Bastrop County handled this case from the very beginning as You look at the evidence that was both presented and not presented as you learn about who was involved and really the massive cover-up to protect this police officer. It is the kind of case that makes you say the state of Texas is about to execute an innocent man. And so that by itself should enrage everyone, regardless of your thoughts and feelings about the death penalty itself. There is a lot of information available online. Numerous organizations have 
worked together and come up with a variety of different resources and tools for people to follow the timeline of this case. Everything that happened before the murder, what was Stacey Stites and Jimmy Fennell's relationship like with regards to how she was feeling leading up to the murder? What was the relationship between Stacey Stites and Rodney Reed, including what type of relationship did they have? What was happening the night that Stacey Stites was found? What took place with the investigation of the Bastrop Police Department when they were putting together the case? What evidence did they find? What evidence did they present? Following the case is incredibly, has been made very accessible to the public. So we'll kind of get into that as far as where people can go to learn more information so they can see for themselves and, and, and get into all of the details. But one of the best places to get information, and I'm going to basically read directly from that now, is the Innocence Project. The Innocence Project has been involved with this case for a long time on their website. They have 10 facts that you need to know about Rodney Reed, who is scheduled for execution on November 20th. So I'm going to go through these facts very quickly and then would love to talk about what we are asking for everyone to do. So here are the facts that everyone needs to know. Number one, the murder weapon has never been tested for DNA. And not only has the murder weapon not been tested, they have repeatedly denied requests for testing of the murder weapon as well as additional evidence that was found at the crime scene. Um, they just continue to re re deny that request to test the DNA. Number two, the state's three forensic experts have admitted on the record to errors in their testimony, which led to Reed's conviction and death sentence. So that, of course, is remarkably important. And their evidence being contributing factors to the conviction as well as the sentencing, understanding that those have been found to be in error, basically make, makes the, the timeline for Rodney Reed killing Stacey Stites implausible. The third fact is that renowned forensic pathologists, including Michael Baden, Werner Spitz, Leroy Reddick, Cyril Werchert, they've all concluded that Reed's guilt is medically and scientifically impossible based on the evidence and based on their own investigations. Number four, Rodney Reed and Stacey Stites were having a consensual sexual relationship. So um, a lot of the information that is provided um, through videos as well as uh, various documents that is public and available on multiple sites. And again, I'll go over some places where people can find that information. Talk about the fact that it was a known fact that Rodney and Stacy were having an affair while Stacy was engaged to Bastrop police officer Jimmy Fennell. Number five, for months after the murder, Jimmy Fennell was the prime suspect in the case. Number six, Jimmy Fennell's best friend at the time of the crime who is or who was Bastrop Sheriff's Officer Curtis Davis has now revealed that Fennell gave an inconsistent account of where he was on the night of the murder. Number seven, 
Two witnesses have come forward in recent weeks and submitted signed affidavits that add to the mounting evidence against Jimmy Finnell. So I want to pause right there and say that one of those witnesses was an inmate with Jimmy Finnell who says that Jimmy admitted to him that he murdered his fiance. And that leads us into number eight. Well, why was Jimmy Finnell in prison? Jimmy Finnell later served a 10-year prison term for a sex crime and a kidnapping. So unrelated to the, the murder of Stacey Stites, he was charged and found guilty of a sex crime and kidnapping of which he served a 10-year prison term. And it was during that time that he, he confessed to a fellow inmate. And recently that inmate has submitted a sworn affidavit with that information. Number nine, this case is racially charged, which is also one of the reasons that I really felt it was important for us to talk about it on the Speaking of Racism podcast, because what we have is Rodney Reed, a black man who was found guilty of murdering Stacey Stites, a white woman, by an all-white jury with a white judge. These are the facts of the case. Again, this is listed on the Innocence Project website. So I encourage people to go there. The Innocence Project also has a lot of other information about Rodney and the case, as well as what people can do. Um, so now I want to just pause and see, do you have any questions so far about what we've talked about? I do, because as I've been reading along and learning about this recently from you, one of the things I was shocked to find out, Fennell was a police officer, because one of the things that I noted is that he was actually best friends with the sheriff at the time. Right. Yes. And now it makes sense because he was a police officer. My question is, where is Fennell? right now. Is he still around? Is he alive? Yes. Jimmy Fennell is around and he served his 10-year prison sentence. He is now out. And so we want to see Jimmy Fennell held accountable for this murder. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, because the other thing that I was reading about, because you were mentioning this is a racially charged case, there are sworn affidavits that also quote Jimmy Fennell saying that his fiance was having a sexual relationship with, and it was a racial slur. And there are yeah. multiple accounts of that. So not only yeah. racially charged in the fact that the jury was all white convicting a black man of the murder of a white woman, but racially charged in the fact that this police officer was a racist. So absolutely. this is insane to me. This is absolutely amazing to me. And it goes again to speak to the injustice with regards to this being a complete cover-up of the Bastrop Police Department to protect one of their own, the Bastrop police officer, Jimmy Fennell. And, wow. and when you go and listen to some of the other witnesses that came forward after Rodney had already been convicted and sentenced to death row, there are several people who have um, explained that based on what Stacy said to them, Stacy was concerned and worried about her safety, uh, saying that she knew her fiance would kill her if he found out that she was having an affair. So it absolutely is a case of you have a police department that was protecting an officer. Wow. Amazing. So now for the next step in the conversation, I believe you're going to tell us what we can do right now. Is that correct? That is. Before I go into things that 
we are asking the public to do. I want to just let everyone know where we are today. At the beginning of November, just a few weeks shy of the execution date, um, on October 30th, Rodney's legal team filed for clemency with the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles. What we are asking for, that's where we are right now. What recently happened a few days ago is that the stay of execution was denied. It is my understanding that that is a technicality that they were pretty much expecting and just a formality. So now what is most important is that the request for clemency has been filed with the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles. Now I want to talk about things that people can do to help Rodney to prevent this execution from happening. First, the family is asking that people contact, email, write, call, Governor Abbott, and I'm going to provide his phone number. Governor Greg Abbott's office number is 512-463-2000. Also, contact Bastrop County District Attorney Brian Gertz. His phone number is 512-581-7125. Also, contact the Texas Board of Pardons and Parole. And there's not a phone number to provide here. There is an email address. That email address is B as in boy, P-P dash P-I-O at T-D-C-J dot Texas dot gov. And don't worry if you missed any of that. We will put these names, phone numbers, and email addresses in the comments or in the show notes um, so that everyone can make sure they have that information. So that's the first thing that we're asking people to do is to reach out to Brian Gertz, Governor Abbott, and the Texas Board of Pardons and Parole, asking for clemency, asking that they stop the execution of Rodney Reed. That's the first thing. The second thing that we're asking people to do is get informed about Rodney's story and share this information widely. We want to make sure that this hits not not just all over the state of Texas, all over the country and all over the world. We are seeking allies and advocates to speak up on behalf of Rodney Reed and Rodney's family and be his voice and create awareness and action. And by learning about it, educating yourself about the case, following the various pages, sharing information about Rodney, what we're also asking people to do is to reach out to your local elected officials and ask them, demand that they get involved and use their positions of power to reach out also to the Bastrop County District Attorney, Brian Gertz, to Texas Governor Greg Abbott, as well as to the Texas Board of Paroles. Um, and they, people can do that from anywhere because we do absolutely want to put pressure on anyone who has a position of power to use their voice and use their position to do whatever we can to stop this execution from happening, stop them, stop the state of Texas from executing an innocent man. We are, we've been very encouraged at the number of people, individuals, organizations who have stood up and come forward and spoken out in support of Rodney Reed, um, in 
the recent, you know, over the past several weeks, we've seen celebrities also get on board. Um, Dr. Phil did a two-day special on Rodney and his case. Um, Kim Kardashian is right now also advocating for Rodney Reed. So this is getting a lot of, of coverage, a lot of press. Um, and I, I definitely have to say that here in Texas, all over the state, there are so many activist groups and grassroots organizations, churches, communities of faith that are banding together to spread the word and rally everyone around Rodney and in support of Rodney. I do want to share um, about some of the events that are coming up, um, in particular in the state of Texas over the next few weeks um, as we get closer to the execution date and just give you some, uh, give folks who are local to Texas some places to go and follow so that you can look up the events and see if you're able to attend any of them. Uh, pretty much for the most part, anyone who can at any time on any day show up at the Capitol, show up in Austin on the steps of the Capitol building. We are absolutely asking for that. But again, there are definitely organized events being scheduled. Uh, so places that you can go to find out and get more information. If you go to Facebook, there are a few pages on Facebook for you to follow. Look for Rodney Reed, Innocent on Texas Death Row. That is also a place that provides specific names, phone numbers, addresses, and email addresses to reach out to the various people that we are asking to get involved to stop this execution. Uh, another place on Facebook is the Reed Family Initiative, and that is the page that the family directly is responsible for and, and updates us about what's going on and what they want us to know. On Instagram, you basically, you can put Rodney Reed in as, as a hashtag and search Rodney Reed, and there will be a lot of pages that will come up. If you are, again, in the Dallas area, because that's where I am, I'm following Dallas Citizens for Change. Change, the Dallas Peace and Justice Center, the Dallas Feminist Collective. And then for those of you who are following me, I will also be posting updates with regards to local events as far as where there will be rallies for Rodney Reed. Um, I know that there are things that are being planned here in Dallas as well as Austin. And so I'll, I'll be posting that on my personal pages as well. Awesome. One of the questions I get a lot from people is, what can I do to help? This is a tangible thing that people can do right away. This is something that is tangible and now. You can share this on your social media pages. You can make these phone calls. You can encourage other people to make these phone calls. On my personal pages, I've been sharing this and I have not received a lot of traction. And I'm curious with Facebook's algorithms and things like that, but part of me also gets the sense that people just don't click on this stuff. And the question that I ask is why? Why aren't people looking at this? Why aren't you clicking on this, reading it, and doing what can be done to use your voice to amplify this? For me, when we see a situation where another black man is killed by the police or another black woman is killed by the police, people will hashtag those names. This is an opportunity to do something before we hashtag somebody's name and change the trajectory of this person's life. And mm. so I'm kind of in my feelings about this right now, you know, because I've got this very low engagement and I'm sitting here going, I know so many people who they'll hashtag people's names. How about we do this before we have to go there? You know, so that's just something that 
I'm thinking about and I want to encourage people to do this and and amplify this story and get it to as many people as you can. Absolutely. I think it's important to talk about that and to point out that this is an opportunity to save Rodney before he is killed by the state of Texas. So before we watch another black man being killed by the state, mm-hmm. we need to be able to say that we did everything that we could. Um, the reality is he has been sitting on death row for over 20 years and the clock is ticking. We get closer and closer to this execution date every day. When I think about those of us who are sitting in our homes or sitting in our cars or wherever we are, especially people that are listening to the podcast, this is that opportunity for people to do something. What we are asking for is people to not just sit and absorb information and not let it hit their hearts. We are asking for people to take action and to do something. And this is a way that you can. If you want to show up as an ally, if you want to show up as an accomplice, as a co-conspirator, and you want to speak up, use your voice, this is an opportunity. We need you to get educated about Rodney's case. Tell everybody that you know, share his information on your personal pages, and reach out to Governor Abbott. Brian Gertz, the Texas Board of Paroles and uh, Pardons and Parole. Like, let's do something. Let's do all that we can. Something I also want to share, just uh, as I've recently uh, been talking to Juana, who is Rodney's sister-in-law, is that she's really encouraging the people of faith and faith leaders to get involved. We, we want to appeal to those who come from a Catholic background and have the Catholic faith, as that is also what Governor Abbott is, and he considers himself to be a Catholic. And so we do want to appeal to him from a faith standpoint. So that's just something to note. But regardless of your background, regardless of your faith or, or not associating with the faith, everyone can do something. Make a phone call, make several phone calls, reach out to the people you know, call your elected officials and ask what they're doing. Ask if they have called Governor Abbott or called the DA of Bastrop County um, and, and, and find out what you what they are doing to stop the execution of Rodney Reed. All right, Tina, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about this. We'll include everything in the show notes and everybody who's been listening, they know what they need to do next. I'm glad that we got a chance to talk about it. And we are just believing and hoping and having faith that somehow, some way, this execution will be stopped because Rodney Reed is innocent and should be a free man. So now that we've talked about Rodney's case and targets people for you to reach out to and things for you to do. If you would like more information um, about learning about the criminal justice system, just like as I referenced earlier in the podcast, I encourage you to watch the HBO documentary, True Justice, Brian Stevenson's Fight for Equality. One of the things that I do as an anti-racism educator is I travel around and I facilitate screenings and discussions of that documentary to give people an opportunity to talk about these connections between slavery, segregation, um, Jim Crow, mass incarceration, the death penalty, and and things like that. So um, definitely check that out. To learn more about the Equal Justice Initiative, visit EJI.org.
And you may or may not have heard of a place called the Lynching Memorial in Montgomery, Alabama. I lead anti-racism and mindfulness trips to the Lynching Memorial, which is formerly titled the National Memorial for Peace and Justice, as well as to the Legacy Museum from enslavement to mass incarceration. And I take groups of people there where we utilize the practice and philosophy of yoga and mindfulness as tools to learn about and dismantle racism. So if you're interested in learning more about these trips and hopefully going with me on at at six of them that are going to be open to the public in 2020, you can follow me on social media when I get those trips posted and open registration and reach out to me, tinastromlife at gmail.com for more information about how to sign up for those trips. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it.